This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs where we'll fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. For today's episode, episode 286, I'm on the line with none other than Bob Lodick, the creator of Ctime.com, a personal finance blog that looks at personal finances from a biblical perspective. He started it back in 2007, and it has grown into a multi-author blog with a whole bunch of awesome content helping people all over the world. You know, at a recent conference, I heard Bob share how he has been using Pinterest to cause an explosion of their traffic over the last few years. Needless to say, I was impressed. Why? Because his blog isn't about cooking, DIY, or any of the usual visual things that we see dominating Pinterest. It's about managing your finances. So I thought to myself, if he could kill it with Pinterest in that niche, we can all learn a lot from what he's doing. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Bob, welcome. How you doing, man? Leslie, thank you so much for having me, man. I am glad to have you. So so I was looking back in, in, in the archives because I thought to myself, man, Bob has been on here before. But then I realized, no, he hasn't just been on here once. This is his third time coming on the show. You put yeah. up with me three times, dude. Well, yeah, and you were on my podcast um, like six years ago or something. Oh, you were man. my early guest. You're so, taking yeah. it like way back now. Yeah, yeah, freebie trader Leslie. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't say that, man. I've been trying to hide that part of, <laughs> of my, my, my history now. I'm just joking. Man, It, it we, we, we go back a, a, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Absolutely. glad to have you on here. So the last, uh, the first episode you came on was episode 81 and it was how to build a successful blog in a competitive niche. Mm -hmm. And then you came back episode 168. So if you want to hear some of the backstory guys, you want to go to these episodes. So that was 81. And then in 168, it was about how one simple strategy increased your AdSense earnings by 80%. Mm -hmm. And now we're on here talking about Pinterest. Now, First thing, uh, you know, when you came on, it was Christian PF. Now it's uh -huh. Seed Time. Can you explain that change? Sure. What made you go from Christian PF to SeedTime.com? Yeah, I don't have time to explain the entire decision, but we'll just <laughs> give you the uh, Cliff Notes version. Um, long story short, we're doing a rebranding, uh, which we've been working on the last year or so. I mean, obviously, when you're around for seven or eight years and then you try to, you know, change your brand. It takes a little time for everything to kind of get out there. Um, but long story short, um, we are, uh, the, the audience that we're trying to reach, which is still a Christian market. Um, we are trying to do, uh, with this brand seed time. And I feel like for where we're trying to take, um, the business now, you know, we all start with blogs and then it turns into more of a business and <laughs> yeah. where we're trying to take things. Uh, I think it's just going to help us get there, um, a little bit better. So, so that's kind of the cliff notes version of why we have made that shift. And what, what does C time actually mean? 
Um, so it's in reference to a Bible verse, uh, Genesis 8.22, I believe, um, where it says that there will always be seed time and harvest. And, um, and so there's all kinds of like um, financial applications here as well as business applica- applications and things that we are going to kind of pull out of that. But, but the basic premise and idea behind it is that um, we can take almost anything and plant a seed and be be faithful with it and just keep working on it, and we will be able to watch that thing grow. And so I've watched that happen with my finances. I've watched that happen with my blog and my business. Um, I've watched aspects of that in my marriage as I've sown good seed into uh, my wife and our relationship and things like that. Um, so, yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay, so as you've been growing this blog – what made you think, you know, this is a, a financial blog, a Christian finances, sea time. I don't think Pinterest, <laughs> that's not the first yeah. thing that comes to my mind. What yeah. made you decide to focus a little more or a lot more on Pinterest? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, well, for what it's worth, I didn't think that either. And I had a Pinterest account for probably three years Um, and I, I had a conversation with Courtney Tuttle probably three or four, probably four years ago. Uh Um, I think we were doing an interview. One of us was interviewing the other, I believe. And, um, and he was telling me about how he was having, uh, a lot of success with Pinterest and just like everybody else, or or I think especially guys, like it just flew right over my head. (laughs) Like, like, okay, that's great. It's a fluke. Like, you know, or it's just terrible traffic that's not converting or, Whatever. I mean, I just thought all the things that probably most guys think. And um, in any way, so what what happened for me, honestly, was uh, Google uh, and our Google traffic began to drop off in 2013, a slow kind of decline over the entire year. And, um, you know, and I, I have been making a full time living for my blog since 2008. And so, you know, when you're feeding your family yep. uh, from your blog, you know, when your tra- your primary traffic source begins to dry up, you, uh, you know, begin to take some action. So, uh, so that was kind of what I did. I dove into Facebook. I'm like, well, I used to get a decent amount of traffic from Facebook. So I'm going to work really hard on this, completely focus on this for four or six months. I don't recall exactly how much. Um, so I put all this time and energy on Facebook, trying to really start building this up as a traffic source. And after that four or six month period, um, I think we were getting, I want to say it was about 10 or 15,000 visits a month from uh, Facebook, you know, which isn't terrible, but compared to the numbers that we had before, um, it just paled in comparison. And, um, and so I was going through analytics, looking at this, and then all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, I put all this effort into Facebook these, these last few months in last month, we still got more traffic from Pinterest (laughs) and I didn't do anything. You know what I mean? And then it's like, all of a sudden it's like the light goes on. It's like, why don't I try to actually learn Pinterest and do this right and see what happens. And so then I did that and over the, um, and so over the next, uh, year and a half, I went from about, I think, 12,000 visits a month on Pinterest to over 500,000 a month, um, you know, in about a year and a half time frame. I'm sorry. It, it almost sounded like you said 500,000. I, I just want to make sure. So let's go back and rewind a little yeah. bit to see if you need to correct anything about what you just said. Are, are yeah. you, are, is that accurate? No, that's absolutely accurate. In fact, the high month was uh, 640,000. 
oh, direct interest. Yeah. My word. Okay, so is that where you are now, or is that where you were after a certain amount of time? So that's where I was in um, 2000, and I think the summer of 2015 um, was kind of that high point of 640,000. Uh, the, their algorithm has changed yep. a bit. Like, you know, they're, they're evolving very, very slowly. You, they're kind of like Google in 2006 mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of the complexity of their algorithm and things like that. But, um, but long story short, it has shifted downwards a little bit, but, um, I still think I get three to 400,000 visits a month from Pinterest. Um, so, yeah, it's it's worth paying attention to. Yeah, it's kind of hard to complain about three three to four hundred thousand visits from one platform. So I, I, yeah, you absolutely. Know, <laughs> I, I I like that. I like that. Okay, so now there's something you mentioned a little earlier. You when you heard about you know Court uh, Courtney doing what he was doing on Pinterest, mm-hmm. you thought well maybe it wasn't converting. I want to talk a little bit about conversions because yes, yeah. you can have millions of visitors, but if it's not converting then what is it worth? What have Agreed. you what have you seen when it comes to traffic that's coming from Pinterest? Is it converting for you? Is it conv- how, how does that compare to maybe some of the other platforms like Facebook or even Google? Sure. What are your thoughts there? Um, yeah, so before my Pinterest experience, Google traffic uh, was always the most valuable for me. They were most likely to click ads. They were most likely to convert on affiliate offers. They were most likely to sign up for email lists. Um, and in my experience, my Pinterest traffic, and, and there's a strategy to this, which we can get into a little bit. Oh, we will. Um, okay, good. <laughs> Uh, in my experience, the Pinterest traffic has always been better than Google traffic. Um, the only one where it's not as good as clicking AdSense ads, uh, which isn't that big of a deal, um, especially if you're doing a decent job converting, um, you know, or you have a good number of affiliate offers on your site. Uh, so in my case, um, the email signups like are so much better than Google. Uh, so we've been able to grow our email list a whole lot faster because of it. And then the actual affiliate offers convert uh, a good chunk better than Google as well. So for me, it has been very, very valuable traffic. Okay, so this, this now someone is listening to this and they're like, okay, get to the tips because this sounds a bit, uh, this sounds awesome and I want to know what he's doing. So I want, I want you to walk us through what you're doing, but I want you to start with the basics. Assume that someone has no Pinterest experience or maybe they're listening to this podcast and thinking kind of like you were thinking when you did that interview Man, is this really something that I should be exploring? Where do we start when it comes to uh, coming up with a Pinterest strategy? Or uh, said another way, asked another way, where did you start when it came to coming up with your Pinterest strategy? Yeah. Um, All right. So let me take you back. My wife ran a style blog in 2010, I believe. So she only ran it for like a year, year and a half. And uh, and she... um, a friend of ours, like everything she does just looks like Pinterest. And she had a wedding that was just like Pinterest picture perfect. And so then our other photographer friend took some pictures of it, uh, just different aspects, blah, blah, blah. So I'll, I'll shorten this as much as I can. So my wife puts up a blog post all about our friend's wedding and has all these really gorgeous pictures because they're taken by a good photographer of a gorgeous wedding. Okay. So this blog post, um, you know, and my wife really did not have a big blog at all. Uh, I don't know how this happened, but this blog post had something like 
400,000 um, repins on Pinterest, which essentially wow. is somebody saying, I like this and I'm going to reshare it to my audience. So that happened like over 400,000 times. So you can only imagine how many people saw that because every single one of those people have an audience. Um, and all of that netted out to about a thousand visits a month to my wife's site. And on top of that, um, like almost no money. So, so my, what I learned from that, or, or this is where the strategy comes to, into play a little bit because you can have things get repinned like crazy and you can even capture traffic from Pinterest. But if it's coming to your site for the wrong reason, it's of no value to you. So the reason that people were coming back to my wife's blog was they liked the picture, you know, so they saw the picture of the two of them at the altar wearing something or doing something. And they thought, oh, this is great. I want to get this picture and save it for my wedding. Okay. They're not coming back to my wife's blog to actually click on an ad, to actually buy anything or to actually oh. learn something. And therefore the traffic is, in my opinion, next to worthless um, and, and that's what needs to be avoided, uh, if you actually want to capture good traffic. So just to clarify, what you're saying is even though they're pinning and repinning, they may not be clicking to come back to the site to actually see what's on there because they just like the picture. Exactly. So, so that's the first part of it. And then for the small percentage who actually do click back, they still aren't coming with an intention to really be to learn something or or to buy something they're coming with the intention just to get the picture and probably save it to their pin board or something got it maybe to email it to a friend you know got so, it diving into the next phase of this and kind of getting back to your question so the next part of this is how can we do that differently and as bloggers uh particularly those of us who are writing content that is helping people solve problems uh, just like the stuff that does well in Google, you know, when you're helping people solve problems and you, and you have a how-to article or you have, you know, 12 tips on how to do this better, um, that content still works really well in Pinterest as well. And, and the big, big differentiator is that people, when they click on that image um, to learn, you know, how to build a blog or, or how to grow your Pinterest traffic, they're coming specifically to learn about that topic. They're not coming to just look at a picture. You know what I mean? Got it. And so the intention behind the traffic is so much different. And when they're coming to learn how to blog or how to how to get Pinterest traffic or whatever else, they're, they're coming there to read and to learn about that. And that's when affiliate offers uh, can work really well. Gotcha. So the intention has to be aligned with with your business objectives. If you're trying to get people to come back to your blog and to read the content and to join your email list, you need to make sure somehow that you are targeting people the right way so that they know when they come over what they're getting and then you deliver on that. Is that kind of what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the great news is, and this is what's so fun about it, is that it's really pretty easy to filter people out. Um, so as a blogger, all I do is every single blog post that I put up, I put an image in there that works, um, that is formatted in a way that it will work for Pinterest. And then the image has a text overlay explaining, you know, or basically the title of the article and explaining what people are going to get when they click this image. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, I, I want to talk a little more about this image. You said it's formatted to work for Pinterest. 
tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about the formatting of that image. I know you say you have sure. a text overlay, and I'm going to go to see time um, while you are describing this. Sure. Yeah, ctime.com forward slash blog, and you'll be able to uh, see how we do it there. But um, but basically, you know, every platform, every social media platform has their preferred image size mm-hmm. that works or that, you know, just kind of blends better with it. And um, for better or worse, Pinterest uh, prefers vertical images rather than horizontal images. Mm-hmm. And um, and so a two to three ratio where it's two, um, you know, two wide versus three tall okay. uh, is generally ideal for Pinterest. And, and, you know, and this isn't like a complete deal breaker, but it is something that uh, makes a pretty big difference. Because if you go look at, a, you know, if you just go to Pinterest and log into your account and just look at everything in your feed, what you'll notice is the ones that go horizontal take up about half the real estate is the ones yep. that go vertical. So just by having a vertical oriented image um, versus a horizontal one, you're taking up twice as much visual space on the screen and you know and i don't know how how much that increases click-through rate but um i would think it it has a big big uh, effect on it so i'm looking at uh c t- the the c time blog right now and i'm seeing for example five steps uh, there's there's a an article five simple steps to a christmas budget that will keep you out of debt and you have a person that's holding a bunch of gifts and you have that text at the top and then right next to that i see um how to get 10, 10% cash back using this credit card and Amazon.com. And mm-hmm. that is overlaying on a, a picture of a laptop that has Amazon.com on it. And and I am focused now on the text, the title of that particular post. And yep. I'm imagining if I see this and I click through, it's because I actually want to know how to get 10% cash back using this credit card and Amazon.com. Exactly. So back to the motivation of the pinner, either one of those images, any of the images on my site, yeah. no one is going to pin because they think, oh, this is beautiful or, or whatever. Now, obviously, or maybe it's not obvious, but with Pinterest, you do still want to have really good looking graphics as, as best as you possibly can. But, you know, on my site, no one is pinning them because they think the graphics look great. They're pinning it because they want to come back to it and they want to go visit this article to find the answer or to learn how to do X and Y. There's a there's a key thing you said just now. They they're clicking on it to fi- to go there and find the answer. What that tells me is that the answer is not on the image. Yes, yeah, and, that's a big big thing. And and that's something that stands out to me because in, in a lot of situations, my images, my answer is right on there. I have an infographic that it's basically mm-hmm. walking you through all of the steps of how to do X Y Z. And yeah. looking at, I mean, listening to what you're saying right now, it, it sounds as if it would be more effective to, instead of having the infographic with all the information, having some a title or something of that sort where someone is going to think, hey, I need to know the answer to that question, or I need to yeah. know how to do that thing you're talking about. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, in infographics do really, really well on Pinterest in terms of getting repins and shares and likes. Like, so you will see them all over the place, but in terms of generating traffic back to your site, I don't think they're going to work nearly as well as kind of what you just described. Gotcha. Okay. So that is something I need to learn and I'm going to be taking notes on that. Okay. So anything else? Well, actually really quick, what do you use to make your images? I mean, they look really nice. 
Um, so, I mean, right now, most of them are done by our designer. Okay. Um, when I do them, I typically do them in Photoshop. Okay. Um, but like the, the free tool that I would recommend to anyone listening is called canva.com. It's one of the best, quickest ways to make, um, Pinterest images. They have Pinterest templates made by great designers sitting right there and you can literally drag and drop text. Like they will have text in there and you just go type your title in, you swap out the image behind it. I mean, you can do it in like two minutes. Oh yeah, it makes it really easy. That that's the program that we use for almost all of our images, and yeah, it does great. a great job. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So we have our images. Anything else we need to know about images before we move on? Uh, you, I can't reiterate enough how important it is to make it look good. Um, it's it's a very very visual platform, and you're competing visually with um, lots of great designers, and you're competing with just gorgeous pretty stuff, you know, and, um, and on top of that, the demographic kind of a breakdown is still heavily leans towards women. Um, the last I heard it's, it's about 70 to 80% women now. So like men are really, uh, increasing on the platform, but still it's mostly women probably in the 25 to 45 window. Um, you know, and so it's gotta be, it's gotta be a good looking, image uh if you really want to do well yeah and i'm looking at yours right now i go to see i went to see time.com i clicked on blog and these images just look nice they look very clean uh it's not too busy it has your url at the bottom see time.com and i i feel as if if i am following you and i see these image i will think hey i think that's from see time yeah, that's part of the uh, strategy a little bit, um, you know, and we have variances in our design yeah. a little bit, but but that consistent thread of what we try to do does help branding a little bit. Awesome. Okay, so we have our images down. What do we do next? Now we just got pretty images. I'm assuming that making pretty images is going to make 500,000 people come to your site. So give us yeah. some more. <laughs> Where do we yeah. go next? Yeah, so um, beyond that, um, one of the really unique things about Pinterest is, um, well, let me describe it this way. So with Facebook, I, and I don't know about you, I'm not like the most social person on social media. Um, but yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. <laughs> but when I'm, so when I'm on Facebook, like when I share something, I think long and hard about sharing this to my, my fans or my audience or, or whoever, my friends, um, because I don't, you know, I'm thinking through every single one of my, my friends and like, how are they going to respond if they see this? Like, am I going to get in a political debate if I shared this? Is this person, whatever, going to be angry because of my religious beliefs? And anyway, so long story short, I just think a long heart and hard before I actually share anything on Facebook. Um, you know, and the difference with Pinterest is that most people use it as a bookmarking platform. And so when they repin something, they, they aren't pinning it to share it with everybody. They're pinning it for themselves so they can come back to it. But it is actually being shared with all of their followers. And so like the intention behind what uh, pinners are doing versus people sharing on Facebook is just very, very different. And so somebody who might sit down on Pinterest might bookmark you know, or pin you know, 10 or 15 different things at one time Versus you just don't see, well, maybe they're, maybe, uh, our parents, Leslie, aren't their <laughs> age. Like they do that. But, but most people on Facebook don't just like sit there and just share things, you know, one after another, after another. Um, 
And so anyway, so it's just very, very different. And it affects the virality of how things uh, move through Pinterest and how fast they can move uh, just because that intention behind it is very, very different. That is a good point. I, I, I actually never thought about that. I mean, uh, yeah, when I go to Facebook, quite frankly, I will post something today. And if I posted something today, I probably won't post anything again for the rest of the day. Whereas yeah. on Pinterest, I could see doing significantly more pins. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, and because the thing is, is they call Pinterest a social media platform, but it's not to me, it's not really a social media platform. It's a bookmarking site. Yeah. It's kind of like a social book, a social bookmarking platform. Yeah. And so because of that, people are using it in a different way. But the fact that every follower, you know, when somebody pins something, it goes out to all their followers. uh, It's it's something that's magical that just really helps things go viral really, really quick. Gotcha. So how do I use that to my advantage then? What 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 steps should I be taking to increase the chances that somebody's going to pin it to their board or to, to increase the chances that it gets spread on Pinterest? So, yeah. So, I mean, and I, I'll just tell you what I did. Uh, so when I started, I did not have much of a following, um, just like, you know, anybody started on Pinterest, but this is, there's just another kind of magical thing about Pinterest that we get to talk about now, um, is that they have these things called collaborative boards and just for people who know nothing about Pinterest. So basically a pin is whenever you take an image that typically is tied to a link and you put it on one of your boards. So if you imagine a physical bulletin board, and you're pinning up images, you know, of whatever your wedding or whatever that you are trying to create on this physical bulletin board. Like that's kind of what the reference is tied to. Mm-hmm. So when you have your Pinterest account, you have multiple boards that are probably topically broken down. So one might have recipes that you're pinning to, one might have money saving tips, one might have blogging tips on how to grow your blog or whatever else. But each board has multiple pins. Yep. Okay. So coming out of that, um, they have what are called collaborative boards or group group boards. And basically what this means is um, I have a group board about, um, you know, blogging tips or something like that. And I can invite you, Leslie, to join my board. I'll be looking for that invitation. <laughs> and then you can come onto my board uh-huh. and pin stuff to my board whenever you want. And um, What's really cool about this is it's a socially like acceptable um, thing on Pinterest, and there's tons of them, and and most of them have you know dozens if not hundreds of bloggers on any one of these collaborative boards. So this is kind of like if you go find all of your friends, other blogger friends who have big audiences on Facebook, and um, and they give you access to post to their Facebook audiences whenever you want. And there's no, there's no negative consequence to doing that. That's like kind of the equivalent of this. And there's no limit to how many that you can actually be on. So uh, a few questions come to my mind. How do I find the right kinds of group boards? The ones that, you know, it it makes sense for me to pin because I know there's going to be some benefit to doing that. Yeah. Um, so one of the best ways, there's a website called pingroupie.com and this is my favorite. Yeah. Pingroupie.com. It's a G R G R O U P I E.com. And, uh, it's one of my favorite, um, websites to go to cause you can kind of, uh, sort by different boards. You can um, filter them out by topic 
and uh, you can see how many followers they have. Is and, this is this Vincent's site? Uh, yeah, I think so. You oh, know Vincent? Cool. Yeah, Vincent Eng. I, I think it is. I, I really don't know. I don't okay. know him, so I'm not sure. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a, a great, great way to kind of find group boards that you can kind of be a part of. Now, uh, just because something is a collaborative board doesn't mean that the board owner is going to let you on that board. So um, just kind of like link building with SEO, sometimes there's a relational aspect of this where – uh, you might need to establish a relationship before you get invited onto a particular board or whatever else. But at the same time, um, you know, we all don't love those uh, SEO emails where people are just blasting out asking for links. But um, with group boards, uh, you know, it is a numbers game to some extent. And if you ask to be on a bunch, um, some will accept you. Okay, so I am on Pin Groupie right now. And in the title section, I just search for the word blog just to see what's out okay. there. And I see a bunch of things from favorite food bloggers to food bloggers, group board, health, fitness blog, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then I see things like writer's blog posts or uh, uh, blogging pros group board or blogging mm -hmm. boost official board and they're in different categories i could see the number of pins the number of collaborators followers likes repins and so on and i assume so th that gives me an idea of how active these boards are yeah so there's a couple different things here so the likes p1 category and the repin repins p1 and this will obviously make sense uh to anybody listening if you're actually looking at the site mm -hmm. Both of those categories give you a little bit of insight as to uh, kind of how effective that board is. Gotcha. Um, so the likes per one pin or P1 to me is not nearly as valuable as the repins P1 um, because if if I if um, if something gets repinned 120 times um, when I pin it to that board, that's really really good, obviously. Um, you know, versus something that might be repinned only once or twice if I pin it to that board. So obviously more is better. And that's kind of how you can spot the ones that are, you know, just having a big, big reach. Gotcha. So once I found a, a, a group board here, what do I do with that? So one of the things you can do is, and I would encourage you to do this, because um, the way that you get on a group board is you, you know, you pretty much need to ask the board owner, mm -hmm. Uh, if they will let you on and some group boards are, are like closed off and they just won't accept anybody new. And some of them, uh, you know, are accepting new, um, pinners and a lot of times, and I would say the standard operating procedure is that most of them will leave this information in the description if they are open to, uh, bringing on new pinners. Yep. And so what you'll do is there's a little box there, a light blue box called description. So if you hover over that, um, you'll notice, uh, some of them will have something that says, uh, if you're interested in, 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 um, joining the board, send me an email at this address or leave a comment or whatever. Um, so all of them will have kind of a different method of kind of getting on the board, but, but you can really just go through, find ones that are relevant to your niche and then just search for the ones that just say, Hey, send me an email if you want to be added. And you could probably find five or 10, maybe 20, just by doing that, that one exercise. And you could do that in less than an hour and be on a handful of group boards. Yeah, it's interesting. So I'm looking at uh, just favorite food bloggers and it tells you, um, welcome food bloggers, original blog posts only, no redirects, no partial recipes, um, spammers, you will be reported and de deleted. But food bloggers, fear not. We want to add you to, we want to add your blog and pins to our group. 
drop mm-hmm. me a note for an invite. It gives an email address and we will follow our friends and yada, yada, yada. So it, it's very descriptive in terms of how to get access to this group and yep. how to become a part of it and take advantage of it. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so I found some group um, group boards. Uh, I am I reach out to them, and let's say I reach out to ten, and I got approval to be on three. Mm-hmm. What is what is the proper um, pinning procedure with these group boards? Do I just go and pin all of my blog posts immediately and get excited because of all of the traffic that's coming my way? <laughs> Yeah. So, well, first off, let me step back because this is what's so exciting about Pinterest to me as well. Because, um, you know, if you look at your Facebook page or you look at your Twitter following, the amount of reach that you have is almost, you know, I mean, there's almost a direct correlation between the amount of followers you have and the amount of traffic you're going to get back from your site, you know, with Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever else. You know, if you have, if you just start and you have five Twitter followers, you put some on Twitter, you're not going to get thousands of visits. You know, um, you got to take the time to earn and grow a big following. Um, now, what's so exciting about Pinterest is you don't have to do that. You can start from scratch today. And in theory, if you can get yourself on five or 10 boards where each of them have 10,000 followers on each one of those boards, you now have an audience of 50 to 100,000 people that you can pin to and that you can get your stuff to whenever you want. And so that's what's another thing that's just so amazing about this platform. That is actually quite, you know, I, I'm not sure why I never fully looked at it that way, but it makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. so, so as a beginner, what's the, I'm going to just go to the extreme What's the point of even having any of your own boards as opposed to just going all in on group boards? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and at the sake of, well, yeah, I mean, I'll just tell you. I mean, yeah, for me, that's just pretty much how I always viewed it. Um, really? The only reason that I focused on my own boards and focused on growing my following at all was just for credibility to get on bigger group boards. Gotcha. So it helps. So, so I wouldn't suggest like if you literally start your Pinterest account in five minutes from now and you have zero followers, I wouldn't probably go ask a bunch of group board owners to join their group boards. And the, and the reason being is because you just look a little bit shady if you have nothing there. Um, you know, I think it's worth spending a week or two trying to get a few of your own followers and starting that whole process um, before going to ask. And so, uh, you know, that that would be my one kind of caveat, although in theory you could and some of them might accept you. Um, but but, yeah, it's like you're absolutely right. Like the, the biggest benefit that I've seen, like by far, has come from group boards. And and then as a result of all that traffic, what we've managed to grow a pretty decent following over at Pinterest, but I didn't try to grow it at all. To be honest, it was all focused on um, group boards and it just kind of came as residual. And it almost seems, it also seems as if, you know, if I'm on these group boards and I'm pinning to these group boards and people see them, uh, see my pins and they start, you know, they start repinning what I'm doing. They might also come over and check out my profile. And if they come to my profile and they see there's nothing there, this person yeah. isn't really active, that doesn't give them any incentive or um, th- th- no, any longing to actually follow you. And I think, yeah. you know, having an active profile with your own boards and that kind of stuff will 
will probably help you with credibility where that's concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the biggest part of it in terms of just getting that credibility so that you can get on more and better group boards. But in terms of energy spent, um, you know, I think, you know, spending a good amount of energy, getting it built up, making it look like you didn't start it five minutes ago, getting some pins on there, getting some boards set up and things like that. I think that's well worth the investment of time at the beginning because, you know, you don't need to spend that much time to maintain your own boards and to keep repinning your own stuff. Um, you know, really the highest leverage activity is continuing to try to get on more and better group boards. Okay. So I'm on, let's say I'm on, uh, 10 group boards and I just threw that number randomly out there, but let's say I'm on 10 group boards and I am creating some awesome images and now I'm ready to start pinning. Uh How do you actually go about that process? So, um, I mean, it's pretty easy. Um, you know, if you have, and this is also what I would recommend in terms of on-site stuff, uh, you want to make sure that you have a pin it button on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, Pinterest has their own code that you can get, or you can get WordPress plugin or any no- number of other share plugins. But, um, but I would definitely have that because even if you do nothing else, uh, but you have good photos on your site, and then you have a pin it button. It's like your Pinterest traffic. It's just going to happen because Pinterest users are coming to your site. Mm-hmm. But if you don't give them a pin it button and you don't have images or they're ugly images, like they're not going to pin it. Um, so, so even if you do nothing else, if you just do that, you're, you're going to gain some residual Pinterest traffic. Okay. So we um, have, we have our plugin installed so people can pin mm-hmm. and then, yeah. And so, and then like the way I would approach it is I would look at each of these group boards that I'm on. Um, a lot of them will have rules and guidelines on what type of stuff you can pin to them and the frequency. So some of them will say only pin one per day. Some will say you can pin five per day. Um, some will say only pin tutorials. Some will say don't pin tutorials, you know, and you know, and so kind of finding, you know, I've created a spreadsheet just to kind of organize this a little bit. Um, so that's something that I would probably recommend doing, um, just kind of have some kind of spreadsheet with each of the boards and what their requirements are and what, you know, things like that. But from there, it's like, you know, just go get images created for each one of your blog posts and start with your highest value ones. Um, maybe the, the best content, the content that has already shared the most, uh, or the content that's generating you a good amount of money per visitor. And then, um, and then you can just go pin them to the group boards, you know, following their guidelines. Got it. Okay. So now when you're pinning, like the, the actual manual process of pinning, are you going to each post and then clicking on the pin it button and pinning it directly to a board? Do you use a scheduler uh, for that? What's your workflow look like? Sure. Uh, so um, I have an assistant who's doing a lot of this right now. Um, we have a kind of mixed workflow where we have a scheduler doing some of it. Um, because you can automate a lot of this, which is really cool. But, uh, you know, just like a lot of times, uh, there's a concern algorithmically with schedulers, you know, you know, in the legitimacy of something being scheduled versus manually, like because of all that, and that's on a lot of platforms, um, we, we do manually pin a good amount of our stuff too. Um, 
And especially just since it's so easy because you don't have to write a description. Like you put your description in your alt tag for the Mm -hmm. image and then it just pre-populates. So literally all you need to do is go, you know, click the pin button and then select which board you want to put it to. So it's, it's a five second process uh, that is just not that big a deal to do. And what about pinning stuff multiple times? Let's say you have one of your top posts. Are you going in and pinning that on a regular basis to multiple boards or even to the same boards? Yeah. So that's another thing that certain boards will have rules about. Some of them will not allow multiples. Um, some of them will say no multiples within 30 days or whatever else like that. But but yeah, it's like it's a cycle you can continue. Um, so I, I generally, um, you know, my the the uh spam threshold um you know of whether or not people will call you a spammer um is kind of gray mm-hmm. uh cuz every board is a little bit different you know so like you'll see some of them are really really strict about this and if you pin two posts on the same day like they're going to call you a spammer and then other ones it's like you can pin the same article every other day and they don't care you know so um so really following the board guidelines is probably your best bet. But, uh, but yeah, we absolutely repin a lot of our stuff, um, you know, just over and over again. And we kind of have a, a schedule and a pattern for how we do that, uh, where we, we, we feel comfortable with the amount that we're pinning because it's easy to, or I think for those of us really focused on marketing to kind of <clears throat> get too greedy with this mm-hmm. and just kind of go crazy. And, and there's an ebb and a flow and, you know, and I think honestly, the reason that Pinterest hasn't been destroyed by spammers because this huge opportunity is here is because there's so many women on the platform. And, um, and I, I have a hunch that 99% of legitimate spammers are men <laughs> and, uh, just cause hey, they get too don't aggressive. Say that, you know dude, I mean? Don't say that. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I just, yeah, I just think it's, I think it's probably true. Um, and so anyway, so I think the women, uh, because it's, it's, there's more women on the, on the platform. Uh, I think they're a bit more, uh, tolerant or I don't even know if it's that they're tolerant. It's just that there aren't as many guys to kind of push things too far. Like every other platform, they start like kind of liberal and then they have to make all these rules because spammers keep, you know, getting too greedy. You know what I mean? You know, you know, what's funny. I'm, I'm laughing here because I never thought about what you just said. But then I started to I, mean, I know a lot of people that are in online marketing and so on. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who have been who have spammed or who are spamming. And I can't think of one woman. <laughs> that's doing it. So I'm I'm laughing. At, at first, I was like, "Oh man, that that's just mean." And then I started to think while you were talking. I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> he might be onto something." So all we got to do is get rid of all the men, and yeah. spam will disappear, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay. So um, yeah, a few a few more little questions, and then we're gonna wrap it up. Number sure. one: What about quantity of pins? Um, it, do you pin a specific number of times every day? Uh, does it vary significantly? What are your thoughts there? Um, you know, generally what we do, uh, so we don't push, you know, and, and you could argue that we're, we're leaving some traffic on the table, but we don't push the boundaries of, of each of our boards in terms of the rules. So if one board says we can pin 10 times a day, 
we don't do that. And part of the reason that I don't want to do that is because if somebody visits that board and they see 10 of my pins in a row, even if the board allows it to me, it just feels a little too aggressive. Gotcha. Um, so basically what we do and we're on, I think we're on probably close to a hundred group boards Okay. and we don't pin to all those group boards every day, but of the best ones that we're on, um, which is probably our top 15 or 20, like we pin at least one thing to all those, uh, top group boards per day. Um, so we're probably pinning, I, I would guess somewhere between, you know, 15 to 30 pins a day to the different group boards. Okay. And, um, in terms of, um, uh oh man what was I, I had like two questions that i was gonna ask and i was okay let's go to the second question and this is an important one we mentioned it in the beginning but we didn't even address it conversion how do mm -hmm. you how do you what do you do once they're on your site to make sure that they are more likely to whether it's uh, uh take advantage of an affiliate offer or sign up to your email list what do you do with that um you know, I don't think it's much different than any other traffic source. Uh, you know, I, but I do think that there are better opportunities to some extent with the Pinterest traffic. So for example, you have the image itself, which you can have text on kind of, uh, defining what people are going to get when they land to your page. But then you also have the description down below and I don't know how many characters they give you, but you can write a very thorough description and explain what all people are going to get when they come there. Mm -hmm. and, and my point in saying this is that versus Facebook or versus like a Google search result, like you have a lot more that you can communicate to that potential visitor of what you're going to be offering Got it. Uh, when they get over there. And so I, I think that really helps conversions. Uh, if you do it right, you know, um, but you know, once they're over into the site, I mean, just doing like content upgrades where, you know, you take something that you have a big piece of content and then make it better or create a PDF version of it for them to download in order to get on your email list. Like there's, there's a million ways to do some kind of content upgrade to capture their email address. Um, you know, obviously in terms of converting on an affiliate offer, uh, you know, when there's fewer distractions. So if you have a page with all kinds of banner ads, like you're going to probably get fewer conversions on your affiliate offer than if there's no sidebar and it's just one kind of long page. Or if the affiliate offer is like all the way at the bottom of the page, it's not going to perform as good as if it's towards the top generally. Uh, you know, so just a lot of stuff like that that kind of applies to any kind of traffic source, uh, I think would be, you know, good kind of steps to take. Makes sense. I'm going to sneak the last question in there. Uh, other people's content. Do you pin other people's content or is just primarily the content from your blog? Yeah, we absolutely pin other, other people's content. In fact, um, so we have our own boards um, that aren't group boards. And I would guess we probably have 15 or 20 of our boards that are private boards, I guess you should call them. Um, and to those, one of them is a best of seed time board. And that's where we pin all of our blog posts. And that's the only thing on there. Um, most of the other boards are topical boards. So it might be um, ways to save, save money in the garden, or it might be, um, you know, ways to make some extra cash on the weekend or whatever. And all of those boards, even there are, there are private boards, uh, almost everything we pin to them is other people's stuff. And, um, and so there's a couple of reasons behind this. Um, so one is the goodwill obviously of, you know, 
pinning other people's stuff, giving, promoting them, giving them traction and giving them some more traffic, but also, um, you know, just like all the other platforms, I, I can't help but think that there's something wrapped up in the Pinterest algorithm where if you share stuff that is share worthy, that it's just going to help your own stuff do better when you share it. And so we try to pin, you know, other people's stuff that is really, really good. And that just gets pinned a lot. And, uh, you know, so that, that just hopefully kind of runs off on us as well. Gotcha. Um, yeah, man, this is so much, so much great stuff. Okay, one one thing you mentioned there, you said they are private boards. What does that mean? Does it mean that only you can see it, or is well, it- yeah, I, I shouldn't say private. That, that I said the wrong thing actually. I just meant that they're not group boards. Got it. So they're just our boards, because um, there actually are private boards, and that's a different thing. That's yeah. So you're right. There are boards that no one can see, but that's there's no reason to talk about that for what we're talking about. They're just regular boards, I should say. Gotcha. Cool, cool. Now you have you have a lot going on at C time but you actually have another site that's called efficient blogging can you tell me a little bit about that yeah yeah so efficient blogging is you know where we're doing a lot of what you're doing leslie where you know we have courses and we're just helping people grow their blogs get more traffic make more money all that stuff um and like i was talking to you about the before uh, we started recording this uh for anybody who is interested in learning more of this i did a conference presentation at fincon um, two years ago on this and, um, right at, like as I was in the heat of all this, getting all these results or getting the, the peak of them. And, uh, and that recording is available on the website for anybody who wants to watch it. So it's efficientblogging.com forward slash FC 15. Um, and, and so that's like a 45 minute recording and it will just go a little bit deeper into everything we talked about if anybody's interested. So if you're interested in Pinterest and, and you, you know, you listen to this conversation, you think to yourself, man, how do, how do I do that? And, you know, I would like to see it as opposed to just hear it. I would highly recommend going to efficientblogging.com slash FC 15. And if you just want some more blogging content, just go to efficientblogging.com. Bob, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on here and dropping so much value. Leslie, you know, that's just, uh, you know, I think we both try to roll like that, you know, where it's it's like, let's just see how much we can pour out. And, um, you know, we know that always comes back. So so anyway, I really enjoyed being here. Thank you so much for uh, letting me. Not a problem. So once again, guys, efficientblogging.com or efficientblogging.com slash FC15. This was episode 286. Man, that's a, a big number. Uh, you say, so uh, you can visit becomeablogger.com slash 286 for all of the show notes. If you, if you miss something, trust me, it'll be there. All the links, all the resources, and all that good stuff. Also, I want to invite you to, if you want to take your blogging business to the next level, you want some coaching, I want to invite you to check out my Become a Blogger Coaching Club. You can check it out free for the next 30 days, 100% free of charge. All you got to do is head on over to bloggercoaching.com, bloggercoaching.com. You get access to all my courses, the Facebook group, live webinars, and a bunch more life coaching calls. I didn't say that. Man, what's going on with me? (laughs) Once again... That's bloggercoaching.com. Head on over there. Let's get the party started. That's it for now. This is Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless.